Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Scott Tucker, and you're watching or listening to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where this is the show about thinking outside the box from the traditional approach to what are we going to do with our lives after military service. So we're speaking to people on active duty to get ready. Hey, how do you even improve your career while on active duty to better position yourself for post-military life? If you're going through transition, if you're already a veteran, and you're just not comfortable with the way you've been told to save money, find a job, prepare for what life is supposed to be like. That's what this show is about. And really, if you think about the, if you, a lot of people, myself included, had no idea what I wanted to do after the military, yet I chose about 10 years ago to figure it out. I had no idea what I was trying to figure out, but I did. And so that's why today I'm so excited to have Enrique Acosta Gonzalez on. Hey, man, how you doing? Doing great, brother. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so excited to get your um, insight. You're the CEO of uh, Triad Leadership Solutions. Let's start off. Tell us a little bit of, about that. I'm assuming there's some influence from your military career uh, into how that got started. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, no, thank you, uh, Scott, for having me on the show. Uh, I've been uh, following you and, and Jan for a little bit now, <laughs> so I'm happy to be with you today. Uh, the Yes, Triad Leadership Solutions really was birthed from my military career. It, it was, I spent the better part of 10 years of my last part or phase of my military career as a senior enlisted leader at the command level. But most of all of us know that you start at leadership very young in the military. All of that basically uh, snowballed into me wanting to ensure that young leaders were prepared for their next phase in life, which was leadership and leadership full-time or struggling leaders that are behind the scenes, no joke, struggling, but they're just afraid to tell somebody, Hey, I need help mm -hmm. uh, because you're just at a job site and you need to perform. So Triad Leadership Solutions addresses those two segments in leadership. Those that are brand new, don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And those that are in it, because of positional authority or they were placed there, they got promoted, they weren't ready, but they need help. So that's what we address. No, I, I love it. So who's your ideal client customer? Is it corporations, military units, just individuals trying to look in some individual coaching? Who do you serve? Yeah. So right now we're focused on the college graduate that's going into their ah. first management and leadership position as well as corporate level leaders that just don't want to go to someone in their job and say, Hey, I don't got what it takes to cut mm -hmm. it in this position. Mm -hmm. They can reach out to us and in a incognito kind of way, we'll get you where you need to be. You don't have to tell nobody. We sure won't. And mm -hmm. we'll make the best out of your career 
in the background. Those are our two main focuses. Now I do have folks that go to the website and, and just, Hey, I need to talk to you for a half hour. Hey, I need to talk to you for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then we help them through some issues that way. Uh, but most of our clients are those that are looking to excel in their leadership, but really don't want to tell nobody. <laughs> oh, okay. That, no, that's super interesting. And I get it because hey, if you're put in a leadership role, the expectation is I already got the skill set. And right. sometimes we talk about if you're coming out of the military, you've got leadership skills. And quite honestly, I didn't know how to define that when I got out. I didn't feel my last four years in the military were all staff jobs, even though I'd gone to West Point, everything was about being a platoon leader. I was only a platoon leader for 10 months. So I'm curious, when you work with college grads, I'm assuming how much, how many are veterans or otherwise? And I'm curious if there's any that were sort of like me that I definitely would have needed some extra leadership training. Yeah, no, the variety of those that inquire are just common day civilian, Mm -hmm. right? Because what I've noticed is that once you get several years of the military under your belt, and like I mentioned earlier, we throw you at leadership early. Mm -hmm. You're an E4, you're in charge. Yeah. Go get that group and you're going to do this, that, and the other. So we birthed that leadership doctrine in you early. So most of those guys that are in veterans, what they're trying to figure out is how to work it out here mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the common folk scenario where you are no longer surrounded by military people that will do what you say just because you said it. And so those are those are their focuses. And so most of our clients are guys and gals that are uh, don't have that military background. Yeah. Okay. See, that that's cool because, hey, I know you're a podcaster, so you're communicating to the masses. And I think we would all agree in these last 20 years of endless war where all the civilians are saying, hey, thank you for your service. And then the conversation stops there right. and, and people looking for jobs in the corporate world are upset that the civilians don't understand their, their skill sets or how to apply them. The civilians are, don't understand or, and vice versa. And have you had, obviously you're using the skills you learned in the military to teach these civilians. How have they responded to that? Do you think it helps them go back to their workplace and whether or not they're thinking more about hiring veterans or obviously there's veterans everywhere. Have they, have there been any sort of feedback on their ability to communicate better? Cause I, I just think that is the issue we are not solving right now. Language. Yeah. Communication is a task for anyone that has mm-hmm. to do Especially with somebody leaders. else, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> the, there's, there's this thing that I have to address sometimes, which is they come to a person that's a military, has military background, and they think that they're going to become Sergeant Slaughters. And, and it's funny, <laughs> but it isn't because there's a perception that I'm realizing that there is out here about what military leadership is. And they don't understand that we don't do a whole lot of yelling anymore. There's not that, that type of leadership was good for an era, but it it won't serve the service member today. Mm -hmm. Now there are some situations that high tempo, high stress, that the, that even the kindest of words is shouted, but for the most part, we're not running uh, a dictator leadership style kind of organization. Mm-hmm. We are all growing in 
the all the steps that are necessary to be an effective leader and that it's learned easier in the military setting because there are expectations for you to execute on what you were you learned and what we sent you to school for so the expectations are higher and we curate that that knowledge by what we see mm-hmm. and but so there's a lot of people that say okay so I want to be able to come in and go back and tell it like it is. No, mm-hmm. that's that's never going to work. It, it it hardly ever worked in the military. It definitely is not going to work in the civilian world. So what I have to do is uh, reorient on what's what the military leadership is, which is basic, basically effective leadership. That's mm-hmm. what we preach and that's what we teach and that's what we do. And the reason why you, most people want military folks is because they know how to effectively lead groups of people that are comprised of all kinds of folk from around the nation and you put them in a group and all of a sudden this guy or this girl is leading them how do they do that i can't do that in my even in my little shop and so how do i do that and so that's why i reorient them but then i teach them what what we teach effective leadership can you i'm assuming the opposite of effective leadership is ineffective leadership which therefore is not leadership what 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 do you define what does effective leadership mean to you and and your organization as you're teaching it effective leadership from our standpoint is there's a mission there's a task the person in charge is able to communicate and we spoke about that right communicate Mm -hmm. clearly the task the people already have trust in that leader. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done because that trust factor has to go up in order for this to really become effective. But that, let's say all, all things ideal, this group already has their vested interest in that leader because they trust everything they say. And then that team executes flawlessly that mission. Now, what is flawlessly? It doesn't mean errorless, right? Right. <laughs> It it means that to the person spectating from the outside, they see no problem. And it's all how you present the execution. And it's not in a deceptive way, but it's in a way where you didn't see our struggles. What you saw was a flawless execution of what you said was our mission. And we did it in a timely manner, in a way that nobody got hurt, and in a way that the group as a whole will be recognized and it's never everything usually goes to the leader but no this effective model the group is the one that is celebrated and the milestone is given to the group that's what for us looks like an effective leadership scenario yeah no that's great that made me wonder our um are you getting more like blue collar organizations like construction and stuff like that or the white collar office work or or a little bit of both what are the differences who benefits most from uh this type of training yeah the it's funny because there has not been and we've i've I've tried to identify where is the market really coming from where is the 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 drive or the 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 thirst for this type thirst it's coming from everywhere and yeah. all that tells me is that there is a massive leadership deficit that that spans all types of genres of organizational structures of people classes 
and it doesn't surprise me in a way because <laughs> guess what? Everybody goes to school, but nobody teaches how to be a leader. Nobody. Right. Right. The school system is geared to teach you how to be a follower. Although that is, in my opinion, a precursor to great leadership. You have to be a great follower to be a great leader. And you have to be able to, at times, digress from leadership to be a follower in order to continue to grow as a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't capitalize on, let's say, college to teach you leadership. No, they keep teaching you <laughs> things how to follow and how to get a job and how to be under somebody else. They, they, they never teach it. So that gap is there. <laughs> right? Yeah. How, to, how to fill out a check if, if we even have those. But, but the thing is, so that gap is, is inherent and, and it's showing up in every organization. And it is mainly uh, because you go to school, you graduate from college, you get that first position. Of course, you got a bachelor's, so now you're a leader. No, I, I yeah. always say that don't let that be a precursor to you putting somebody in a leadership position. They have all only learned how to follow. And so now you may put your, you may put your organization in a position where you're struggling because of that. And guess what? How many military people retire or separate on a yearly basis? Uh -huh. Those folks have leadership experience. Maybe you bring them in off the street and make them a leader. And you may have a little uh, more success, but even us coming out, we have to be indoctrinated in a way as well to get uh, to get used to the new normal for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, it's unfortunately, I think that many decades of you know, prosperity in America have, have led to apathy where people are just like, oh, get a good job, get a good paycheck and a couple hiccups here and there. And uh, it's follow for a bit, but don't just drink the Kool-Aid if you don't have to. In the military, right. we sign up, we have to follow orders. Our school system has told everybody they need to go to college now. And you know, now they're getting you know, saddled in debt. And okay, you just want to get that job. Hey, tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. I got to pay this stuff off. It's, it's sad because it, it, it does create, I think that the thing we really wanted to get into today, uh, the secret you want to talk about, I think it creates that mental void of just the lack of, am I doing what I want to be doing, what I should be doing? I just followed all the systems, got good grades and went to some job fairs and got hired. That's great. But uh, we're also seeing, not just in the veteran community, in general, I think in America, the most prosperous country of all time, and yet midlife crisis rates are at all-time highs. Mm -hmm. and, and it has to do with this just lack of sense of meaning. So, Enrique, dig into your secret. How do we fill the void? Yeah, so it's funny because when you asked me what that was for me, uh -huh. which is the way I say it is, if you see a void, fill it. Uh -huh. And that is a very proactive, basically, statement. You, you have to be proactive because everybody sees voids, uh -huh. voids everywhere. And one of my podcasts that I co-host with Vince Loran is The Leadership Void. And we named it that for okay. a reason because they're everywhere. But what happens is no one is daring enough, or let me just say this, there are few people 
that are daring enough to identify that void, see the necessity to fill it, and also the results of filling that. Because you got to go through the whole process before you just jump in and fill the void. Maybe that void was there for a reason. But get in there and make an impactful, basically, effort at making sure that void is not detrimental. You, yeah, let's just say you you walking down the street, a hole in the floor. And let's uh-huh. just say that the, the the people didn't bring the man the manhole cover on and put it on. You can either, you can look at it, and you have to. This is an assessment you have to do. You can't just fill stuff just to fill it. You have to assess why it's empty. Uh-huh. Um, because yeah, you throw that man cover on there, and if somebody's down there. How are they going to get out? So yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you just have to assess the whole uh, uh, area, the whole scenario. But if it's needed, let's say they were done for the day. They just left it. It's a, Now it's in your hands. You can either bring that over so someone don't actually fall into it or get someone else to bring it and fill it. But the uh, my whole career was built on that, on that statement. Uh, a lot of times, some of us going through our military journey have limitations. Right, uh-huh. we have rank limitations. We have promotion limitations. They can only make but so many every year, and having those limitations and moving up the ranks is something that it's out of your your control sometimes. But real, but is it? And this is where I came in. Uh-huh. I said, yeah, there are limitations, but there's always going to be a number of people that get selected. So I have to do whatever I have to do to make sure I'm in that number. Uh-huh. And so uh, let's say I was at a command and what they require for promotion wasn't offered there. I found it somewhere else. Uh-huh. Or I found an alternative that was equally uh, as valuable as the item they put on the precepts for me to get promoted. Uh And so where there was nothing available for me, I created it. I made it match. I made it so that when I got put up for promotion or advancement, they will look at my record and say, man, this guy saw that there was a void and there was no way to get what we required. But he went over here and found something that is just as equally as important and and at met the scope of what we were requesting and he got it. And so those things look more favorable on you than you just saying, hey, it's not here. I'll wait till my next command. Because guess what? I was getting older, the years were going by, and nothing was going to help me unless I did something. And that's where the whole void comment statement came out of. If you see a void, fill it. You know, be that proactive person to fill that gap. Do it wisely. Do it calculated. Uh, do it within the law. Right? Don't do something. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes people do some crazy stuff. Yeah. So do it within the law. Do it that it meets the scope of what's required, even if it doesn't look the same. So that people are happy with your progression and they can value you for your actions and you get promoted. Thankfully, my philosophy actually helped me 
get to where I did in the military. And, and yeah, I still live by it. No, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations on such a successful career. And you said the word, you created it. I remember I was looking at a study in, in 2015, the top 10 skill sets that they would, that a corporation would want when hiring people. It's always leadership and you know, engineering skills or, or that kind of stuff. And that was in 2015. You never saw the word creativity on that list. In 2020, it's like number three as a desired skill set. And so as we close up here, I, I, I'm curious. A lot of times people think they're, they're it's not my job. It's, I don't have permission. Oh, I see a problem up there. Nobody's listen, listening. I'd argue, especially in this day and age where just things are, are changing rapidly. Somebody above you might not know about a technology that would fill the gap or whatever. How do we give ourselves permission and find that creativity in ourselves? Some people say, I'm just not creative. Just tell me what to do. I think that's going to leave people behind. What are the, some of the skill sets or how, how do you... How do we awaken creativity more in so people can go get what they want? You know what I mean? It's like you can't just sit around. If you want something, you got to figure it out and don't just sit around and wait for it. How do we teach that? Yeah, one of the things that I teach the leaders is because in part of the process is that I break them down, just like we do at boot camp. Mm. I break them down to the lowest common denominator and then I build them back up. But one of the things I teach them is sense of ownership could be misguided. So I teach them very calculated way of ingraining that, bringing that in to themselves. But sense of ownership is simple. And I put this simply, you're walking down the P way, the, the passageway, uh -huh. a Snickers wrapper on the floor uh -huh. and you will buy it. And you say, that's not my job. We pay somebody to come in at night. They'll get it. What you just did was you separated yourself from the bigger scope of what your company stands for. Mm. And when you separate yourself in little instances like that, they accumulate. Mm. And then you have a portfolio at the end of your career of how many times you separated yourself. And then you want to wonder why you don't care. <laughs> so <laughs> we build on daily actions result in habits. And those habits are what end us at the end. It, it, it basically ends you at a good exit or a bad exit. Now, the same person goes by and sees the wrapper and he says, wow, man, okay, somebody must have dropped it. All right, let me just pick it up, boom. Somebody else saw them. They happened to be an executive. Mm -hmm. And, or you was the executive and a first year employee came in and saw you. Mm -hmm. You have just taken one action, reproduced it in the thought and minds of somebody else mm. and caused them to start thinking that man is invested. That lady mm. is invested in this company. Let's say it was the boss. You're going to put a smile on their face. So what happens? The, the, yeah, the cleaning crew still comes in, but you facilitated less work for them. Now they still mm -hmm. gonna get paid. That's none of your business, right? That's 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 <laughs> them between them and the contract. But what happened is that that cleaner, that worker comes in and says, "Wow, these people really care about this place. There's not much for me to do." Not knowing that you was the one that helped them, mm -hmm. so they their their sense now is an appreciation for the people that work there, because 
they help out in the cleaning. It's a win-win situation. And all it was picking up one wrapper. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And so we never consider the second and third orders ramifications that we'd say for our single daily actions. And every day we build on those things. And so sense of ownership is what I tell folks. Wow. that I think the act of breaking yourself down, breaking folks down to their core self, it, it, it allows you to put yourself in other people's shoes a little bit more. And then you think about, and that's how creativity builds. Enrique, wow, that was a ton of, of great insight today. A whole I wanted to ask you about some other stuff as well, but we'll just do another episode and keep going. Because I, Actually, I want to get into the after action review concept, but I think that could be a huge discussion. Um, right, I'm right. sure you apply that. But Enrique, what's next for uh, Triad Leadership Solutions? How do people contact you? Who should be contacting you? Give them, uh, give them all the info. Yeah, like I said earlier, if you're a, a college graduate getting ready to get that first job and, and they're putting you in a leadership position, contact me. We'll work out some way so that you can go in there with some knowledge that you need. If you're struggling, don't be afraid to, to reach out. And the beauty of what I do is that, hey, it, like I said, is incognito. But I reside on LinkedIn, right? So if you want to get in touch with me, Enrique Acosta Gonzalez on LinkedIn, our website is uh, www.triadleadershipsolutions.com. And you can also get a hold of me there. Cool, cool. Thank you so much, brother. I'm, I'm just really looking forward uh, to seeing how things are working out for you guys. And hey, appreciate the idea of helping bring leadership into, I think, you know, a lot of American society that needs it so much right now. And and it doesn't always have to be, oh, we're just going to turn everything into the military. It's actually, we're pretty softy sometimes. We like to understand our soldiers and mm -hmm. how you feeling today. It's that's, that's true leadership. So just love that you're bringing it, bringing it that way, man. But hey, thanks again for joining us and for everybody else. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Wealth Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.